Here we go. Three, two, one, go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Be Tech Philosophers with me, Michael Odawale, and my friend here, Elliot Steele, where we use philosophy to talk through our moral dilemmas and, you know, ethical conundrums. You know, we, 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 we go through it with a philosophical twist. Yes. Seneca. But, I, that's all the that's the only philosopher. I, I was I was gonna list three, but then I I ran out after Seneca. Uh, you'll hear a new voice laughing in the background there. That's our this week producer Vittorio. We forgot we forgot to ever introduce our producer Phoebe, yeah, who usually produces yeah. the podcast because. It just seems very bad that the first week we have a male producer. We're immediately like, hey, there's, there's like, let's give this guy a platform, okay? The and day it's... after International Women's Day. Yeah, that shit's over, yeah. Michael. Come on. Yes, that's really bad. He's there for three weeks. He never mentioned a name. Five. You couldn't wait, Elliot. You couldn't wait. Uh, before I even before I even mentioned myself, I didn't even finish my sentence. We got a man here. There's another man in the building. But the thing is as well, it's people have like message the Instagram account at Baytech Philosophers if anyone wants to follow it. Um, should people have a message like, oh, I really enjoyed your producer's output last night. Mm. I really, really like what she was saying and stuff. Perfect. She's away today. And then I, I was like, oh, I'll do a big introduction. Yeah. She's not here, but I've saved the introduction just for whoever was here. <laughs> we should have just lied and be like, yeah, Phoebe's transitioned. <laughs> that happens, folks. I'm Phoebe. I've transitioned to Northern Irish. <laughs> you got a, you got a big platform to fill, though, Vittorio, because you know Phoebe went hard in sort of giving that philosophical outlook to our ramblings. Would oh. you say you're a man of philosophy? Yeah, I would say so. She's a poet. I've written some poems. Have you? There we go. Yeah. Oh, fucking. There we go. We just got edu- educated people, educated, cultured people. Sorry, just, I'm just producing. <laughs> you haven't written poems, have you? I've written thirteen poems. Thirteen. No, but uh, like, ironically. No. Do you write poetry? But we need we yeah. need we need modern poets. I'm about to get kicked off this podcast by Elliot. <laughs> to be honest, I would yeah, I'll, I would, I'll I'll do the camera stuff while you just talk for an hour. <laughs> I want to see a pod of Vittorio and Phoebe, actually. That sounds like a delightful pod. Just two poets who know about philosophy rather than two sort of um well, one sort of smarter than the other, but it changes episode to episode in terms of I mean that's our dynamic in terms of like I s- probably start ahead on the intelligence, and then you kind of sneak up, and then win win a battle. It's like a it's like Istanbul, the Champions League final. <laughs> <laughs> I was free no up of uh, of bottom set. <laughs> <laughs> what what made you write poems? I'm gonna try not be this. This is my problem. I get sarky about things like these because I'm uh, I'm threatened by them. I'm threatened by people in touch with their emotions and who are uh, intelligent enough to convey it. But I have this about myself. Like if anyone if anyone said to me I write poems I'd be like what the fuck and if anyone was like oh I do yoga I'd be like who's this fucking guy who do you I, think I've, he is? I've read one of your poems it was really good thank you very much which one do you remember which one it was about sadness that they that's a lot yeah that's man I'm trying to I'm trying to be cool here <laughs> but it didn't it didn't rhyme what, what, they what, never do. What happened to rhyming poems? They just seem to have gone completely out of uh, fashion. It's called rap. Or <laughs> when your English teacher would say that. You guys don't like poetry? Hey, Eminem. Two Poems about killing my mother. <laughs> <laughs> man, week week four, man. Who would have thought we would have we would have got here? Not me. Not me. Week four. I mean, that's that's crazy. Organized as well. I know, right? We've done it, man. 
I mean, it's, it's, we haven't done it yet. You still haven't paid me for any of the, your shit. Oh, nah, nah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, we're we're, we're going to, like, when we fall out, eventually, like, we can, like, do an invoice. What do you reckon our fallout will be over? Mm, I think um, you'll want to do something crazy on the pod one time, like, do cocaine, and then you will want to, like, add an element to the pod that I wouldn't be comfortable with. Yeah. 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 Then like putting our bodies on Greek gods as the photo or something ridiculous well, listen, like Well, listen, here's an idea. I've got a um, suggestion for the followers because we don't actually have any cover art at the minute and we're trying to find some acceptable cover art. And I thought it'd be a good idea to have our faces superimposed on the bodies of Greek gods. I think that would be a great idea. Excellent idea if this was called B-Tech Mythologers or Mythologists. Oh, as if everybody knows the difference between all of those things. You just put the body... Between mythology and philosophy. It's a huge difference. But it just, it looks good because right now we have a, a blank screen of nothing and that is, that's it, our cover art. Can we just get the footy on while we're on or something? <laughs> <laughs> Go on, he's, hey, he's gold. <laughs> How but was your you, week anyway, man? How was your week, Elliot? It was good. We had a fun weekend. We were yeah. drinking. We yeah. had fun. We had a good time. Did shows together that were good. We did. We did do some shows together. They were nice. That was a lot of fun. I got body slammed at a jiu-jitsu tournament. Tell me about that. Let's let's go into that into detail. Fucking sucked. Why do you do? Why do you feel the need to fight? Uh, it probably comes from a need of being picked on at school and not fitting in, mm. and then within that, trying to learn how to fight, and then within that, realizing I don't know what I'm doing, and also including a level of discipline to my life that doesn't come naturally. Mm. The feeling I get from accomplishing stuff at it is probably one of the best things in my life. And uh, the thing I like about it, I don't know if you guys find this, but I can't be bad at stand-up comedy because it's now my job. Now, I know that's up for debate. You could go, you're a bad comedian. But I mean, in terms of I have to turn up, I have to turn over, I have to be at a consistent level. And that is, it's still a fun job, but it takes a lot of the like beginning part of the fun away from it. Especially where I used to go out at points in my career and get drunk and do all these things. And which, there is still, which you don't do anymore. No, I don't. But I, I, there's a level of, for example, if I was doing Edinburgh this year, I would then have to have a level of, oh, I've got to, these days are done for writing, this is for this. Whereas jiu-jitsu or Muay Thai or something, I'm allowed to suck at it. It doesn't matter. If I go there and I have a bad session, who cares? Yeah. It, it bothers me. Does that not apply to comedy in that same sense of who ultimately cares if you bomb? Especially in the pursuit of trying to get better. I would say the landlord when you can't pay your bills. Right. That's was, the issue, isn't it? As soon as it becomes professional, it, it pays your bills and therefore you have to be bookable. Right. Yes. So, for example, like the fun of doing this podcast, I love doing it. But there has to be a point where we do look at it in a way of going, oh, we have to pay to rent a studio or to do this. This at some point we have to make it a quality where it comes financially viable. You have to think like that in this job. I'm never going to ever be paid for anything in jiu-jitsu. Mm. Nobody is ever going to offer me money. And if they do, that means the state of it is so bad that it is not an effective martial art and nobody should ever do it. <laughs> that was that was a deeper philosophical answer than I was expecting. I thought you were just going to say I like punching people or something, but that was actually it's pretty deep. Thank you. Reasonings um, behind your desire. And, and it, I, I guess it, it kind of brings us into sort of our overall topic for this week in terms of you see it as a form of therapy, as a form of self-care. Yeah. You get beat up as a form of self-care. Yeah. Uh, there's a humblingness to it. Like, uh, there's a girl in my gym, Kate, uh, who's like, well, she is half the size of me. Uh, shout out Kate. And she can 
at will kill me. There is nothing I could do. Nothing. I'd maybe give her a black eye. Right. I put up a bit of a fight, mm-hmm. but she's a purple belt. Okay. If she took me down, she's better rested than me. She choked you out. Just decided to choke me out. There is nothing I could do. Wow. That, that is humbling. And that is, that is, when you learn that, I think that's a thing that's really good. I think when guys first learn that in a jiu-jitsu gym, they have two roads to go down. They have the road to go down of, Whoa, this fucking nonsense with this, or I don't know shit. Mm. And then you can take that to a lot of life, which is why there, when I got shitty about Vittorio writing poems, which was wrong of me, that that bothers me that I do that because I'm sure he has a cathartic reason for doing po- I mean, let's be honest, it's not as cool, but it's... <laughs> Nobody, nobody's, uh, you know, I got, I got jiu-jitsu slammed. I'm sure you do some poetry slams that have... <laughs> <laughs> that <are> pretty similar. <laughs> do you remember in that film, the other guys with um, yeah. Mark Wahlberg? Aim for the bushes. Yeah, that one. Yeah, <laughs> he would like learn how to do like really complex things like ballet and like making tables, like actually like architecture, just to make fun of the kids. It's like a recurring theme. That kind of reminds me of you a little bit. I feel like you're gonna do poetry now to like reaffirm your masculinity my mum's an english teacher so she'd love nothing more than for me to do poetry love nothing more but i uh i remember in i actually went back to it and enjoyed it a little bit more since i had life experience but i remember reading in year 11 to his coy mistress were you one of those readers where everyone when the book got to you was like oh goodness gracious because <laughs> we were reading the boss man and i could have worked to say it <laughs> Even put a southern twang on it. The, the glee. Put a southern twang on your accent. You took vocal lessons. Before the lessons, he was doing on the matter Oh, no, 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 no. La, 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 la. No, no. Practicing his hard arse. Goggling salt water before English class. He'd roll it. He'd be rolling the arse. <laughs> why, why, <laughs> why has Elliot brought that in again? We're doing stone cold. We've, we've moved on. <laughs> we, it was actually very funny in my English class because when that came, my, my school was very mixed, right? We came up with a thing of uh, what would happen is <laughs> it was this girl, Fleur and Rebecca, and they came up with this system that whenever it came to the word, Rebecca was like, would then say the word and Fleur would continue oh. with it. And it was such a good <laughs> system. Like a voice stub, like a bad like a But bad they were anime. both white. It was very strange. <laughs> she had braids at the time. It was a different time. It was different. But let, 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 let's get into uh, our moral dilemma of the week since we're on that topic of self-care. Because uh, I, I was kind of thinking this week, you know, I guess when does self-care become selfish? When does it become too much? That's kind of where I wanted to take this. But that's my dilemma. What, what What's your sort of angle on the issue of like care and selfishness and your, your dilemma that we can solve here today yeah i guess let me think about it. there it's it's difficult especially within our generation mm-hmm. because half the stuff you see online is oh i've got a mental health disorder mm-hmm. i've got all of these things which i'm sure we all do to some extent right yeah but then the other half of it is grind culture 
Right. You're not doing enough. Gotta be hustled. You gotta be hustling. I ain't seen the back of my eyelids in 24 hours. If anyone shares a Gary V punch <laughs> to me. <laughs> fucking Hold hell. up, hold up. Gary V is actually... Dutch, fuck you, no he's not. Gary V says it's okay to not be doing anything yet. Do you watch him? I see like the clips. Gary V says if you're 27 and you're not doing anything, that's not terrible. Victoria, come sit here, Mike. You go over there. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Are you on TikTok? <laughs> you got to be making content on TikTok, guys. Do you watch Gary Vee, like, and actually... When it when it comes up my, on my timeline, I watch it, and it's actually quite comforting. And it's, it's okay to be 25 and not have done anything. It's okay to be in your 40s and not have done anything. Okay, could you explain to some listeners who Gary Vee is? Gary Vee is, like, some sort of social media motivator slash investor he maybe or maybe does not have a successful business or maybe has built one off the back of his social mediaisms. But he basically talks to the youth a lot about like, I guess, hustling and making the most of your time and being productive. And also that it's okay to not, like I said, have done anything at a certain age. He's the opposite of Grand Coach. I think he's the wrong example, personally. I, I, I disagree. I think he uses a youth market to shift things that he has an investment in, like NFTs and cryptocurrency, which is all stacked on a house of cards. Although he said, I'm just on Google here, he said that uh, most NFTs will fail. All right, well, we can all fucking <laughs> Google stuff. <laughs> Jesus. We can all prove our <laughs> argument by using facts and real life quotes. Listen, Elliot, facts don't care about your feelings. Okay? <laughs> well, they should. <laughs> I want to rip into Gary Vee. I just feel like he's the wrong example of hustle culture. But your, your he's point. He's the perfect example of hustle culture. He's literally saying, just figure stuff out, take your time, figure out what you're doing. No, good but at. he's like, like he's the he's like. Don't you don't have to be a success at twenty seven, but you should be working unbelievably hard, trying different things and failing at different things. That, are we saying that's bad? Yes, but it's the I, hustle culture. It puts a it puts a thing on you. It puts this idea, dude. So not everyone's gonna be a millionaire. Not everyone's gonna be earning a hundred grand a year. Some people are gonna work in Sainsbury's, right? There's nothing wrong with that. It's fine. It's okay. You don't have to. If you go and start a business and it fails, starting running your own business. We all do our own stuff here. It's hard work for not a lot. Yeah. It, it takes. A I make a, a decent amount actually from what I do. But uh, then pay me for the <laughs> fucking studio time. That's how that's how you keep your money. You don't Jesus spend it. Christ. <laughs> but 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 it's it's fine to you don't have to have a Lamborghini. That's a thing that's sold to us that I struggle with. It's sold to you this idea that you if if you haven't got all of these things, you and your life are a failure. And then we all sit here and we're watching the system of capitalism slowly fail. Can and I just say the the this is coming from Elliot? Who like told me one time if he gets rich, his dream is to buy a Gucci tracksuit. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. I mentioned that today. No, there's a comedy. There's two comedy clubs here. Yeah, that one one won't put me back because I I did a gig there in a tracksuit, and I did the gig there in a tracksuit. Yeah. You did. How was your material? Fucking excellent. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I killed the gigs. Okay. One of them. One of them was slightly cool. Mm -hmm. And sent an email to my agent saying, "Please don't do that again." Okay. And the other one had like a bitch fit. And, and wouldn't even say anything to me. He said things to comic friends of mine. I, the reason I wore a tracksuit that night, I ripped my jeans on the plane to the place I was going. You brought I, one pair of jeans to a different country? 
Yeah, well, I was only going for like a day or two. Okay. I was only, I wasn't there for a week. It was it was just I was doing this. So what I did? Oh, that was also it. I was I did think I I thought exactly that. I thought I'll buy a pair of jeans when I'm there. The day it was, I couldn't. It was too late. I couldn't. There wasn't anywhere open. I couldn't buy jeans. I just had my trackies. I went on pa- paint the, stained. No, 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 just, no, no. This what, what brand? Adidas. Okay. This not bad. You're not rocking Slazengers or anything. Oh. Adidas is okay. Here's, here's the issue I take with it. I have seen. I'm myself a middle class, but I have seen privately educated, more alternative comedians wear tracksuits on this same stage, and it's not an issue. They they don't get a notice. Wait, I don't. I can't. I can't think of a privately educated comedian that's. Wearing I was tracky. also trying to think. That's well, why there was. I've, a I've, I've seen. I've seen. Oh, sorry. Let me explain. I've seen more uh, middle class sort of the alternative side of comedy. Is that part of their acts? It's part of... I, I'm not against them doing it. Right. I'm not saying they shouldn't be able to do it's it. It's the double standard. It's the double standard. You should be able to wear what you want on the stage. And now you think if you were in a Gucci tracksuit, they wouldn't have said anything. If I want to get... I said this in a group chat I'm in today, funnily enough. I said, I want to get big enough to sell out that venue and then go in with a Gucci tracksuit. I have that kind of mindset. Anytime anyone doesn't book me, <laughs> in my head, I go, I will sell out your venue. Also in, in a Gucci tracksuit? No, 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 no. Naked. <laughs> but that, that's hustle culture in a way. It is, yeah. That's a vendetta that culture. That kind of spite, like being fueled by spite. Okay, I was but talking then... about this yesterday with, like, because I was watching that Kanye documentary, which yeah. is maybe a good example of someone who's slightly fueled by spite a little bit. And anytime anyone says he can't yeah. do something, he gets like tunnel vision for it. Chip on the shoulder mentality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what, what, where's, where do you guys think you have any of that, or where do you think the line is where it's helpful and where it's detrimental? Um, well, obviously, you know, as a as a young black comic coming up, I guess on what we call the mainstream circuit, I definitely had that. You know, especially being a young one. Obviously, there's there's other black acts on the mainstream circuit, but you do feel like you go to certain rooms and you have to smash them. You know, if you're playing right. to all white crowd and you want to get invited back. You're like, I have to smash it just in case there's any element of like, well, he didn't do well here. We're going to use that as an excuse to not bring anyone else back. And I'm, I think that's, oh, that's interesting. something a lot of black comics probably can speak to. Um, you just feel that that extra need to like prove yourself. But, you know, I don't I don't like that side of me. I don't think it's healthy. I do. I do think it can drive you. I know we've also probably all watched the Michael Jordan documentary. And, you know, we saw how many times he took it personal and how it worked for him. But. I think almost you can be your success in spite of that side of you, not because of it, I mm. think. That's interesting. I, I think it's something that I've got better with, but I definitely used to. I was very entitled when I first started, very, very entitled up until about five, six years in until I sort of got a talking to and started figuring out things for myself. But obviously my dad was a comedian and stuff and I got signed a bit too young and kind of glad that happened because I learned how to fail really you, badly. Were, were you doing gigs and you had that thing of like, oh, people think I'm here because of my dad. I have to smash no. it. That. <laughs> <laughs> I should have. That was part of the issue. <laughs> I've earned it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm with the same agency as Pa because they want me. Yeah, no, uh, no. They, they, yeah, I, I definitely think that would probably be if people were to talk behind my back one of the critiques they would have or one of the things they would say about me but that doesn't bother me because there's an element of truth to it i think there's part of in spite you have to go that's kind of realistic that right, i have this fortunate you know, position part part of pettiness and i feel like using that to drive yourself is knowing that it, the situation you know the situation might not be real 
but you're using that delusion to power yourself. Do you know what mm. I mean? Like, because you, you kind of know, like, I right, not everybody's thinking about me this way. I don't, pro I probably don't have all these haters, but I need to channel that energy in order to do well. And that's why I think it's negative because you can twist things outside of that competitive space. And now you're just looking at the whole world. It's like me against the world. Uh, I just don't think that's healthy. But I don't think hustle culture necessarily has to be that. And I, I think you were talking about just you using Gary Vee as part of a, a wider point of something you're talk, trying to talk about. Yeah, when you're saying when the self-love comes selfish, I think part of going, I wish, my screen time's disgusting. Mm. It's not acceptable, but I still what, do what, it every what, day. What, what region are we talking? Oh, bro, I don't even want to say. It's embarrassing. Above six. That's my, I'm, I'm averaging six and a half hours. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to cut that down to three and a half. And then I Googled it. <laughs> He's on his phone now. <laughs> I'm just trying to find it because you guys are fucking rookies. <laughs> Did you know, like, because <laughs> I was like, if I cut my phone time down by half to three hours, 20, that's better. Then I Googled it. Apparently that's still really bad. Three hours, 20 on your phone. I reckon, go on, go What's on. the bet for daily average from this? I'm going to go for Vittorio's on seven hours, 15 minutes. I reckon Vittorio's on 10. He posts a lot on Insta. And I, <laughs> and I, and I know he looks exactly at who's watching because <laughs> I do the same. <laughs> and for how long they've watched for. Do you, know, do you ever have that thing Yeah, you see someone else's story and you're like, what the fuck is this shit? Skip through it. And then when you put yours up and see everyone who's watched it, you're like, I bet I've made their day. <laughs> <laughs> I bet everyone is marveling at me filming a crow. <laughs> <laughs> so mine generally ranges between seven minutes, seven hours four to eight hours. Wow, we're in the sameish area, yeah. Eight hours, oh, wow. eight hours was pretty standard. For but a while. does it? Does it? Does that? You trying to cut it down, or you like? Yeah, like a lot of it's me? a lot of it's work. Yeah, because I added clips on my phone as well. Yeah, so that's a that's another thing. But but so you can kid yourself. That's what's difficult about being a comedian, where you're like, I need to be on what's like topical and like making Twitter jokes and doing whatever. It's still your job. Yeah, but like, you know, it's like, is it my hot take is hustle needed right yeah. now? Hustle culture. Yeah, that's yeah. part of it. We buy it. Like I, I definitely noticed with doing clips and stuff like that. And I take, uh, I I absolutely admit I take. Uh, thing I watch what other comedians do with clips, not in terms of material, but in how to do yeah, clips, yeah. in how in how that because people have started to work it out. Because you'll see some fucking dog shit. Oh my god, some dog shit. New uh, and, and this is this is the thing I say to like newer comics. If there's any listening to this, stop putting clips out of your new stuff. Just go chill. go go get good at comedy first. Everyone in here has put a few years in, and we're still learning. We're still, we're still. We'd love to be somewhere that we're not, but there's probably reason we're not quite there yet. Because maybe we're not quite good enough, or maybe. And that's a hard thing to accept we, as a comic. Sorry, no, no, finish, finish, finish your point. Finish your point. Sorry. Personally, but stop if you've been going for 13 months putting putting your clip out because it's it's gonna come back. You're 25, right? Yeah. You've been going since you're 16, nine, nine years. years. Yeah. Do you think there's a part of you that's already the old man shouting at the cloud? Do you know yeah, what I mean? Hundred percent. Oh, when I was sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> because maybe this is maybe this is just a new avenue that comics they just start they start posting their clips and well, maybe we're seeing the era of people watching a comic from the very beginning growing to get good or maybe into obscurity. But maybe this is just a new era. We have to be like, eh? excellent. Uh, that's an excellent point, and and you might be right. And I heard Tim Dillon say a good thing where online is now open micing. Mm -hmm. which was I thought was exactly what it is because I have friends I don't want to keep this too comedy based I will bring this back to the self-care thing because I think that's what so put, my point was going to be if I could put down social media and I kid myself as well going 
I wish, oh, well, I'm on their work and I'm on their this. I'm not. I'm I'm on there as an addict. And I'm I'm looking at other people doing better than me. And part of it drives me and makes me go, let's set up a podcast and let's do this and this is doing well. And another part of it crushes me. Do you know what's funny? It's like when I see things online and they do inspire me, it's like a sugar rush of inspiration. It's like a 10 minute, 15 minute and I'll do some push-ups. And then I don't even do any writing. I don't do anything actually productive to my career. I'll just be like, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna do stuff. Do, doing push- what are you planning? Doing, a, doing, a, doing an incel terrorist attack? What are you seeing that you're like, that's inspiring. I'm going to learn to drive. What, so you can gig? No, I want to plow into these people. Well, it's like, I find, I find most online hustle culture, it's like the most basic of like sugar rush of wanting to change your life and then you just revert back to what you were already doing. Yeah. yeah. But that, that it, I think it's there for, and I, I can say this as a moron, it's there for morons. It's, it's anyone who shares a clip with some inspirational music behind it and it's someone going, you are not the you that was defined yesterday. You are the you that is defined of the present right now. Did you have I was, to, I was pumped. Did you have to log on to Instagram for someone to tell you that? No, but here's the thing what I said about the sugar rush, though, because if you're, let's say it's 12.30, you're still in bed, you ain't getting up, and you see a video, it's like, you can do this, get up, and you might actually get up, and then it might not last, but you've gotten up. But you, you're in bed in 12.30 for a reason, this is self-care and self-love, the point of that, and you're saying when it comes selfish, maybe it comes detrimental, but I, I will sometimes lay in bed to disgusting hours, worse than the screen time, on my phone, I could be doing things. But part of the fun of our job that I, I say, and the privilege of having a job and the privilege of the position I'm in, is during a pandemic, nobody comes for us. We've got to do online gigs and do these things. And rightfully so, because we're not important in that realm. So that means we get left behind in that part. But part of the fun of my job is sometimes I'm going to lie into 11.30 watching videos of Russian men throw axes at things. Mm. And he was doing that before even this war came along. That was just his favorite pastime. <laughs> just, I love videos he of loved Russian, Russian people <laughs> doing stuff. Uh, it's a shame they've done what they've done. It's <laughs> soured. <laughs> oh, their PR was so good before this, this, um, this current invasion. They were doing really well to just like get some fans. <laughs> like not in the Olympics, they they were already doing bad there, but just in general, Russians were doing all right. The gays don't like them. That's just true. Uh, They've never done well with the gays or the blacks. They've never quite worked on that side of the PR. But everything else, you know, they, they, similar they, to me in that respect. <laughs> 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 uh, there's the clip. <laughs> but um, I just feel like e- everything in in moderation, everything in moderation, when it comes to the things like um, sorry, that's really tickled. <laughs> it's really tickled me. That's a really old lady phrase. Um, um, and I just felt I, I, I want to let you finish your point. I don't even know if you fully made your point yet, but wow. I was just saying everything, everything in moderation. So you can you can be inspired by hustle culture, but if you that's made your your whole personality now. That's concerning. Yeah, but what you were talking about, self-love, right. is uh, maybe it's, I shouldn't watch the news. The news is very sad. The mm. news is very depressing. Now, oh, if I turn the news off, am I ignorant? Am I being ignorant to the world for my own happy? Where, where on that is a level of, 
Should you should you be watching? Because I had to delete Twitter for a couple of days when that Ukraine invasion happened. Because every fucking video that was coming, everything, I was just so obsessed with this thing and so powerless to it. I went, I can't, I can't, mm. I can't be honest. Then I, I heard I, someone yeah. had a breakdown on Twitter. Or I heard someone was tweeting some pretty mad stuff, so I re-downloaded it. That got me back on. <laughs> <laughs> that get, that'll get me back. I did the same um, when, when Trump got elected. I was like, ugh, I cannot deal with just like, it's going to be like, every time you refresh, it's going to be like 10,000 tweets and everyone's already being. There used to be a time where like, it would take a week before people got meta with an event or like, but now everyone's inside of everything just as soon as it's happened. Mm. And it's just really, I don't know, I find it weird. Like there's no stepping back in perspective. It's already making the jokes you're supposed to be making in two months today. I, I, I find it really weird sometimes to be online. I love your Twitter because it's uh, it's very Michael. Right. Like, like there'll be an event going on. There'll be something. There'll be some huge catastrophe happening and you'll tweet something like, maybe it's time to buy a new notepad. <laughs> 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 something, something nothing to do with anything. I've tweeted a lot about just my hair growing. I tweet a lot. They're like, my hair's growing well today. I'm going to put some oil in it. That would be my tweet. I'm thinking of uh, investing in earrings. <laughs> yeah, this, this is what Twitter's supposed to be. That's what everyone's Twitter was in 2009. Now yes. it's... Maybe I'm just like, as a comedian, I'm just, I don't like to see people make jokes that are good too early. Everyone's making jokes and I'm like, these, these are some good jokes. I'm, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm just getting worried. You know, the, the other two people in this room have released clips of jokes about Ukraine already. <laughs> oh, I've got another in the pipeline. <laughs> I haven't seen your one yet. What was your perspective? Uh, I had a, the, the clip that I posted is about the Russian soldiers going on Tinder <laughs> to try and hook up with Ukrainian women. <laughs> is that true? That, they are. That's fucking lazy. While they're colonizing the country. <laughs> Which is mad, but the genius thing is the Ukrainian women, this is true as well, the Ukrainian women are uh, catfishing the Russian soldiers oh, and passing information <laughs> back to the Ukrainian army. No so way. They're, they're like, ooh, Sergei, <laughs> take me like you would take Crimea. <laughs> from the West, from the West. And then they just pass it back to the <laughs> This invasion's got me thinking about how you occupied my heart. <laughs> Vladimir made me realize I've been Putin in the work in this relationship. <laughs> you hold the Kiev to my heart. You know that's actually pretty good. That's a, that's a poem. That's a poem. That's a poem. That's my first poem. That's a poem. That's right, right, right there, man. The only angle I had that I think is more unique to me is is because I'm from Belfast and I'm 25. I'm really excited for World War Three because <laughs> all I've ever grown up with is my parents going, "You wouldn't understand what it was like." <laughs> Growing up in war. Would, would Northern Ireland be neutral? Uh, no, it's I would say it would be divided as usual. <laughs> <laughs> business as usual. Business as usual. What, what's, what, what's going on? No. <laughs> what's the, uh, have you ever have you ever gigged in Belfast? No. I have gigged in Dublin, which is not Northern Ireland, so let's forget that. Forget I, love, that. I love that he's allowed to get away with not giving a fuck. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's okay for me to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> as, as, as me, if I go like, hey, what one, what one, where's the one George Best from? What one did he? <laughs> hey, Victoria, tell me Nigeria's independence history. You can't, can you? So why do I have to learn about yours? I don't know. It's probably inspired <laughs> by the Irish one, though. <laughs> All you guys saw us. But hey, we can do that as well. Wait, when did you did yours in the 80s? Hey, huh? Shut up, man. <laughs> <laughs> they, they didn't even get theirs. <laughs> Don't bring history into this. This is philosophy. <laughs> 
There's a funny story of Bernadette Devlin, who's a lady. She was a politician. Um, she was the youngest MP before Mary Black became an MP. So she was a while ago. And she went, she got invited to Chicago. She was a big, like, civil rights campaigner in Northern Ireland. She got invited to Chicago by basically, like, the descendants of Irish immigrants. And Irish Americans are the worst people you'll ever meet in your whole life <laughs> because they're the people who are like, we were slaves too. And oh, you're like, yeah, bro, yeah, yeah. shut up. <laughs> like the ones no. from Boston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Aren't they mad racist as well? well the, so the reason, uh, there's a book called How the Irish Became White, um, which is... Basically, because we were indentured servants on the plantations, I say we as if I was fucking there. <laughs> oh, I say um, we. A couple, a couple, a couple stories that are funny. Apparently, the the African slaves would slap the calves <laughs> of the Irish slaves because they were sunburnt, and they would make fun of them for not being able to stand <laughs> in the sun all day. <laughs> but then. Uh, so basically, the, but then to get out of that, basically the Irish servants would be super racist to the black slaves really? to try and side with the plantation owners, and they could work their way to freedom, basically by being extra racist. So that's kind of and, and it works. Down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, you look at like Trump's cabinet when they were in, and Joe Biden's Irish, and I get you know it's yeah. all those Irish Americans. But so, so Irish weren't considered white. No, no, not not for like a long time. Yeah, yeah. Bro, uh, if I go to the north of England, I'm not considered white, like because <laughs> oh, right, right, yeah. from the south, you know, you turn up and you're like, like, oh, you have a tube. Right <laughs> Do you know what's funny? When I was younger, I didn't understand the Northern Ireland conflict, but I'd always see, you know, like when there's a competition on the TV and you have to enter to win, like, and it'd always say Northern Ireland excluded. Excluded. I Ireland. thought that's why you were mad. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> They're not letting you guys. They, they can't get blue Peter badges, <laughs> so they're blowing up Canary Wolf all of a sudden. I was like, if you guys just let them in the competitions, then they'll be, they'll be nice. They'll stop bombing stuff. <laughs> do you think that every war? Do you think like? Do you think every war? We or everyone's excluded? We just purposely like the whole world, but especially Northern Ireland. We will blow up an office every day until we can vote in the X Factor. <laughs> <laughs> For too long, the under the over twenty fives category has not been getting the representation. Okay, bro, deserved. the accent's very offensive. Yeah, that, was, that, was, that was strong. I was just, I I'm was, happy, I'm happy I could just finally do an accent on this podcast. I was, just, he went in strong. I was like, oh, it's funny. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, okay, right, bro. I think yeah, self. Let's <laughs> steer this back. Okay. Self-love, you're right, is a, there is an, there is an element of it, or not that you're right, there's an element of loving yourself, sorry, I'm just saying that nobody's right or wrong, yeah. but uh, there's an element of loving yourself where it will become selfish because there's a bit, you know, if you have kids and stuff of that nature and you start going, well, this is very stressful, I'm going to fuck off mm. and let the wilderness raise them, that's... But a more selfish because most parents don't do that. But I think a more reasonable example. I see a lot of people be like, "It's okay if you've made plans with your friends and then you don't feel like it to just like turn your phone off." No, that's a cunt move, right? Do you know what I mean? I think that there seems to be like moving into the, the, that spot of self indulgence because it's funny you said that thing about the news. That was kind of going to be my my example of like because I feel like I want to turn off the news sometimes and I often do because it's like I there's nothing for me to do here. Do you know what I mean? Like day two of the war, day I don't know what day we are on. I, I've had the same impact. It's not the fucking Big Brother. <laughs> day four in Ukraine. 
Just a Vina. Do you want another one? About what city they Do you want another one? Do you want another one? We're taking Pripyat. But you know, that, in terms of my impact in being able to be involved, as to say, obviously there's, there's, you know, you can do charity stuff and and whatnot. But you know, actually reading the news day day to day is not going to be helpful. So I might as well opt out of looking. Especially, you know, if you take the opinion and you know that the news is only showing you what they want you to see, because you know, there's wars been going on everywhere and without the same sort of. The emotional impacts that they that, that that people are telling you that you need to have for this. Yeah, but that that's a tricky one because there's that it's a, that I find that argument is a very easy thing on Twitter to come out and make yourself one look look good, good without fully understanding <laughs> situations. So when people come out and go, well, why don't we talk about the war in the Sudan or things like that? We do. It's been going on so long. It's a lot harder to cover as well mm. it, it's a, it's mm. a it's more difficult thing to cover i'm not saying that it shouldn't no, no, get no, no. coverage yeah. uh, the fact that i even have to preface it with that is kind of annoying i think it should i think these wars should but this is uh, uh very close and, and there is an element of racism in the media when the media starts going these people look like us yeah so it's important mm. is is disgusting but they're idiots mm. they're more they're not a representative of the mindset i think it's mm. more of a and again, our country should always be looking to uh, uh, house refugees. Again, that becomes a tricky thing because I think there's an, a middle class element to that where people can make themselves look good by going, well, we should let all refugees in. And you go, yeah, because they're not going to live next to you because you live in this area. They're going to be put in an area with people who are already deprived. These It's going to create conflict between them. So we need to raise both groups of people up. We don't, yeah. Yeah, you know, I think that's the answer because that's, that's what annoys me with the right in this country is when they're like going, well, why don't we look after our own? Instead, But we don't even look after our own. Yeah. We, we, we don't even bother to do that. We should we should have a really good national health service. There shouldn't be private schools. Everyone's it's like lots of things can exist at the same time. Do you know what I mean? We can look after yeah. our own people and we can also take in other people. It doesn't have to be one or the other. <laughs> yeah, it does. It Sometimes does bother it's treated me. that way, but it's, it's, you can do multiple things at once. So let's say we're the opting out of the news. If you opt out of the news, do you have a responsibility to opt back in? You have a respons- responsibility to not talk about the news. How do you mean? Like, you, you can't start coming into conversations and start doing what I do, which is read a headline <laughs> and being an expert on it. That's what everyone is. <laughs> Watching a YouTube, 20-minute YouTube video about, like, the fall of Constantinople and then passing it. I say that I've read a book, innit? Yeah, yeah, I haven't. Yeah. I've watched a, <laughs> watched a video with a talking sock puppet. <laughs> There's actually a thought experiment, um, which is a philosophical conundrum posed by Peter Singer, which is applies to what you're saying about what can you actually do and how Sorry, much should you out do. showing us already. Um, so uh, so you imagine you're walking, and this is a thought experiment, which okay. is perfect for a podcast, really. You're walking uh, down a kind of lane, maybe in a forest, and there's nobody around, and, and there's a little pond to your right-hand side, and you're walking along, and you're wearing your best shoes and, like, your best suit. You've got your Gucci tracksuit. Elliot, and you finally bought it. I wouldn't be in the woods. <laughs> um, I'd be selling out a gig. Um, <laughs> but so you're walking along, and then you see in this pond there's a there's a baby drowning. Okay. Right. Mm. And the ba- there's no one else around. No one's helping this baby. And the baby's drowning. Right. Okay. And there's not enough time for you to even get undressed to jump in and save the baby. You would have to walk in in your best shoes and your best Gucci tracksuit. To save the baby and it ruins it and it costs whatever seven hundred thousand pounds for your 
new shoes or whatever. Seven hundred thousand pounds. Seven hundred or a thousand. Okay, pounds. right. Like okay, if you fuck up right. your shoes, it's whatever amount of money. If you fuck up your tracksuit bottoms, it's whatever amount of money to wade into this pond and save the baby's life. Okay. Right. Pretty much everyone in the room would save the baby's life. They yeah. would wade in and get the baby. Right. Yeah, of course. Provably, if you donate seven hundred pounds to charity, it'll save a life. Yeah. It's just less immediate to you. If I, I, I disagree. <clears throat> I, because if I was wearing clothing where worth £700 or had the money to do that, I would do it. But I would know about, uh, like, um, Sam Harris has effective altruism, that you should donate money to things and causes around you that can have an impact because mm -hmm. a lot of charity... You're, you think you're donating to charity, however... And there are things, admin fees and things like this, that you're not actually saving this person you're paying for ad space in oxford street yeah and uh that so yeah i, I kind of i i'd say you would save the baby but giving away 700 quid to me is a lot of money yeah do you know what i'm probably a piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, i'll save a baby if i see it drowning but i won't <laughs> i won't pay for the fence that should stop it do you yeah, know yeah, what i mean yeah. stupid <laughs> fucking baby why is it in the water anyway some dumb Dumb dead cunt died. <laughs> and Michael, what do you think? <laughs> that started so empathetically. How did we get here so quickly? <laughs> to get myself um, out of this yeah. dumb cunt baby. <laughs> dumb cunt baby. Can't even walk. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> would have predicted that's how you would have ended that sentence. From the way you started it. You brought up Sam Harris and effective altruism. And, and, well, I get, I mean, it's obvious, like, you know, you're having a direct influence by jumping in to save that baby, right? And then will you give money to charity? Like Elliot said, you don't really know how and, and where it's going. But say, for example, in the thought experiment, you know a, a charity that is completely ethical and doesn't have any of that corporate bullshit behind it. You give £700, it'll save a child's life. And that's why I pay for only I don't... <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> Just of pregnant women? <laughs> <laughs> Because you're giving these women the I'm money directly. The women money. <laughs> Never say Elliot's not a feminist. I don't, I don't pay for OnlyFans, by the way. I, not, I don't steal it either. That made it sound like I... <laughs> I just pay for the leaks, bro. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't even watch porn. Okay. I don't know why I'm announcing that. Okay. I don't know where... You, you're directing this part. You, okay. <laughs> How did we get from the drowning baby to I don't even watch porn? Uh, that is my porn, <laughs> No. I hate it. No. Just, no. 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 Oh, no. Clip for next week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, Phoebe, yeah, we got a message from Phoebe. She doesn't want to come, <laughs> come back for ethical reasons. You're supposed to be controlling this for Toro. But, um, no. You just, you just, okay. No, but there, there's a more, there's a more direct sort, sort of like, Sorry, you jump in, you save that baby, you feel good immediately. You know, you that, that's an amazing feeling, probably. Um, I don't know, giving that money to charity, you know, which is such a big chunk of, you know, your, your, your probably monthly outcome, you know, it feels more of a sacrifice in a way, in a, in a, in a weird way. Yeah, I'd, 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 like I said, like if I got to the point where I was earning enough of money, I wouldn't donate to charity, but I'd like to set something up where I'm going to pay for newer comics coming through to for their fringe so they don't have to take the financial burden on that or something, set something up like that, do something where I think like more people in industry should do things like that where you've come up this way and then it's like, I've got mine, so... The Elliot Steel Foundation. Uh, we, 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 for women maybe. aged 18 to 21. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> but don't even have to want to do comedy. You don't even have to want to do comedy. It is that thing. You see some people pull the ladder up behind them, and it's really disappointing. Yeah, and that. Uh, but that's why I really like to have a word, guys, because yeah. they've they've set, they've paved the way, and the, and in a way, you sort of look, you can look at the blueprints of what they've done and gone. And and again, I'm not saying steal these. Find your own way of doing it, yeah. but go cool they've made a good product they've got something you know and they're, they're really good with sharing people's content and all of that stuff and bringing people in going we really like these comments we, we, com- sorry we really like these comics we want to share them with the world whereas the industry itself might have overlooked them and and things like that that's in a way effective altruism so when you go there's a baby it's a very on the nose because the baby could be hitler do you know what i mean so nobody nobody said that that's that's the thing you've got to think here yeah, of all the drink driving accidents there's ever been one of them would have at least stopped, statistically, the next Hitler. What? Do you know what I mean? Not yeah. everyone who like always dies. I don't in something. think that's statistically accurate. But not everyone who who yeah, like, actually, dies yeah. in an accident is always like you know how it's always you is is a bad and usually ninety nine percent of the time it's going to be a bad thing, but at least one percent of the time. It will have stopped the next, you know, you could have been a maniac. Not one percent of the time. One in a hundred people isn't Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> because we would not with opportunity. No. <laughs> but they're, they're, they're only not Hitler because they haven't got the. You Are you going to set up a foundation <laughs> to find the new Hitler? <laughs> I think it's time. <laughs> you could hit somebody who was drunk on their way to their car who was going to hit somebody else who was innocent. It's like the, the train track thing. They yeah. would have hit six people. Let's let's not bring that up after the calamity of week one that happened on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't really like too many thought experiments. They, they, they confuse Because me. I find a more in-depth thing where you do a little like uh, thought tree of we go through and decide whether you have a moral obligation to rescue the child and it, and it extends it further and further that you mm. could go through and decide as a team and find out whether you're a dick or not. Oh, you were testing whether he was no, smart enough. No, no, I just, I found a more, because I was just remembering <laughs> that, but I found a better, like an interactive one online. I thought you were like, we're, we're going to see how you do with yeah. this one, and then we'll, I was going to give you a harder It's actually experiment. a website called philosophyexperiments.com, which would be a good resource. For yeah, I should have. You mean not, not figuring this out on the bus on the way here isn't, isn't quite the planning. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's more research. Whoa. Michael's done. not getting the bus. On, on the, yeah, exactly. I, and that's where I got my moral dilemma from this UTC get cars for people. Yeah, yeah, we do, we do. Shout out UTC, mate. Um, um, I got because my one this week, which I didn't think of the bus, but I thought it was a good one. Okay, this is actually your your second one because you didn't use your first question. No, my my. What do you mean? Your first dilemma. You never really finished it. I well, because it was your dilemma. No, we started. With, okay, let's just go into your second one. No, we start. Hold on, because the fans, the fans will. The be fans want to know. The fans want to know. What, 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 what we we started with yours. Well, no, and then we went to mine. No, we started with yours. Yours was about, do you have an obli- self-love or self-care? No, that was the topic of the week. Yeah. Oh, right. Is that not... That's... So that, that was the overarching topic in which we both have a dilemma to do with that theme. Oh, shit. Is that what we're doing? That's what we were doing, Elliot. That's what we were... <laughs> that was the structure of the pod. I have stayed very much off that. And it was fine. We were doing okay until you deconstructed it <laughs> and let them know that you didn't yeah, have any... You didn't know. Matter. Yeah, yeah, doing a meta. All right, just do, do this. Is your second? It's fine. Just do it. Just say what you. Well, well, what's your dilemma? I I talked about it already. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, we're going to talk about my one then. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Right. Go for it. <laughs> now just reading everything <laughs> like a child who's watching his parents <laughs> argue. <laughs> um, mine was, and I thought about this okay. because uh, in Eastern philosophy, 
is very much seen, and it's very different to Western, is that old people are a source of knowledge and they have lived a life and done well to reach the age they have. And we should look after them because it's our duty, because one day we will be that age and we must be looked over, looked after. Whereas in the West, it is actually we'll look over you. We uh, we don't care about old people as much. We see them, and maybe because it's capitalist or something, you are burdens on the state, you are burdens on our time, and we don't really want to look after you. Okay. Which one do you think is better? I, I mean, the way you've sold them. I mean, the Eastern method sounds like the, the, the more empathetic way. For you. But yeah, so it's a, it's a more empathy. What, what, what was that? Sorry, sorry, what was that? Sorry, it's just what Nigel Long says when stuff's good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he had a stroke. I'll be honest. I was like, right. like, he got mad at me doing the Northern Irish accent. But I, I, mean, it's, it's, I mean, obviously, the Western philosophy, I can, we kind of have more of an individualistic philosophy in terms of like you know you got one life you have to do everything you can do to make the most of it and i guess looking after old people is not really kind of it kind of gets in the way of that because you know like i want my own place i want my own apartment i want my own partner so then having you know like your grandparents live with you 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 couldn't you know harsh your vibe i a little bit uh, exactly but i also think there is a thing Mm -hmm. and and i enjoy speaking of it like my grand who i'd seen in a while i went spoke to her the other day i think there's a thing where we scoot around the subject of death mm. and that you're going to die. And my grandma just sat there and she just drinks wine all day. And like, she's, you know, everyone's like, oh, she just, she just gets pissed. She doesn't really talk. And I just asked her, like, I just genuinely went, what's it like knowing you're coming to the end of your, like, I'm just asking this out of curiosity. What's it like what knowing that? Is- <laughs> and dude, she suddenly perked up and started talking because she's aware of it. And we're all scooting around yeah. it. She's aware. How does she? In- 78, 79, but she's drinking like she the way she's drinking, bro. Which she should do, you know. It's the end. Sounds like she's trying to quicken the process. Yeah, if anything, yeah. I don't. But then she started it was suddenly like a really interesting conversation and she went, I've actually really enjoyed my life and now it's kind of boring and seventy eight, you know, Biden's seventy nine. She you know, goodness gracious, she's not that old. Yeah, but he shouldn't be in charge. Like, yeah. you know, you shouldn't have someone out. But I think there's also a thing with a generation of people in this country, and sort of they're going like the idea of the greatest generation and stuff, but there's a generation of old people in this country who are very entitled mm. with, uh, they don't, they go, they call our generation pathetic and woke, and it's, they're more in their 50s and 60s at the minute. They call our generation pathetic and woke, and you guys couldn't do any of this and you couldn't do that. I've lived through like three housing, cra- three, what do they call economy financial crises financial crises you weren't involved i would i weren't involved 2008 they affect me yeah but then we had we've had another one a few years ago we're going to have this one from covid come and hit us when we're about 35 this is all going to come back around i've lived through a pandemic i'm now in the start of what is potentially world war three it's pretty bleak Mm. it's and then i've got fucking gary v telling me that i shouldn't be playing fifa i need to be out there hustling so from every angle so that makes we're me... We're going to get Gary V on the pod one day to defend himself. He's not coming on this. I mean, not in that I wouldn't have him, just... <laughs> Imagine, we, we haven't got NFTs to sell. <laughs> but you've, you've got these uh, people who are entitled that I think part of it makes us not want to... There's a subconscious thing of, I don't want to look after them because ah, of the way they... It's a bit of a cop-out, you know. I think also Maybe because... Right. Well, I'm <laughs> also, just because, you know, every generation's probably... Does that... 
we're gonna do that to the next generation. You gonna be, you don't know what we had, and they're gonna be living underwater and shit. You know what I mean? But we're gonna be saying you never had it. You get stuff. your facts from busted. <laughs> In the <laughs> <laughs> wait, that wasn't. That wasn't a f- that, I thought that was just that was just a factual song. Like that's what <laughs> they went there. It, was, it really was. They were really trying to warn us about global warming, weren't they? <laughs> we really overlooked it. We all chose McFly, and we don't know the disaster that that has had on uh, the environment. There's a reason Eastern cultures are more uh, or less individualistic and more kind of think in terms of the group and the survival of the group more than Western cultures. What? But- you what, what's the reason? There's a reason. It's because of the f- the staple foods. So in the West, generally the staple food is like potatoes or like wheat, which you can farm as a as an individual or as a family. Really, like it's one person one farm, and you can you can harvest those crops easy enough. But with rice, which is the staple food in Eastern cultures, it takes a whole village because it's so labor intensive. It takes like a whole village of people to work on this one rice paddy to make it all like work properly so you have to be collectivist and you have to look look after the group rather than the individual for anyone to be able to eat which is also why they've always worn masks when they're unwell because they think about the group because it's when they're unwell to protect everyone else because otherwise the whole village is fucked food wise but that's rice cookers now That's not you don't <laughs> grow rice in a rice cooker, Michael. Hi, yeah. <laughs> hey man, she cooked the rice wrong. Uh. <laughs> but um. also, we've never actually asked Eastern people. I think that feels wrong to say. People from the Eastern. It's a half step away from Oriental, isn't it? <laughs> I I didn't know that that wasn't. You're not allowed to say that. But what's mad is like SOAS in London is the School of Oriental and African Studies. Not yeah, but it's different because you've got like the NAACP, which is like the Negro Association of... No, it's the uh, National Association. I didn't think it was that. The National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. Okay, even that. Even <laughs> All right, we really need to advance colored people. What should we start as the first letter? Use it. <laughs> Use it. <laughs> okay, but even, uh, even then, colored people, there's that. In yeah, it. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, what was I trying to, what was the point I was making? But that, 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 that comes from a thing, just on that, that comes from a thing, it's called the slander conveyor belt or something, like or the treadmill of, uh, it, there's this thing, uh, Victoria will Google it, and uh, so I don't have well, to picture it. I think if you, if that's what you're talking, if I think you're talking about what you think you're talking about, even because I feel like people of color brought in people of color, but now nobody likes. Everyone cringes when you say people of color because it comes a slur. It's the same way people now you can't use the word, and I'm just gonna say the R. Oh, what so we know what we're talking about. You can't say the word. The R word. We know what we're talking about. I ain't going to say it in case you get in trouble. Oh, <laughs> I think you'll be oh, all right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. you, can't, you can't say the word retarded anymore. Just out of like, it, it, that is the but I used the word moron earlier. That used to be the word that was given, but enough time has passed. So did crazy, stupid, lunatic, lame, all of those things used to be the medical term. And, but we we just and Doug Stanhope, if you ever want to see one of the best bits of stand up ever, has a great bit about this uh, about the A and B of mental health. It, it, it's phenomenal. It's about twenty minutes story. It's brilliant, and uh, it, it he hits exactly on the notes. But it, how long does something have to pass for it? To, because whatever you make the word, 
that's what people will start using. So that's the thing when people go, you can't say the R word anymore. You're not allowed to say this. Whatever the new word becomes, well, that's not offensive yet. Yeah. That hasn't been used offensively. So we start to use that. Right. As as the word. And then in like 20 years time, that will be the new thing that, you know. As well, science can, just changes That's it. just culture. Isn't it? That's just language. But just... then, like, because now we're trying to like roll that back, like... Like, retarded isn't used medically mm -hmm. anymore. Yeah. So, is it still offensive? But obviously, at one point it was, you were calling people who who weren't. But it's it's never the people who are actually medically that. Nah. You're just you using it on someone somebody, else. You know yeah. what I mean? So, it's like... Yeah, and it's for, like, knocking over a glass of water. Yeah, <laughs> it's like... <laughs> stupid. I, I heard they're coming for tone deaf. They don't... Tone, tone deaf? deaf. Tone they're, deaf. Yeah, tone deaf. They're coming for tone deaf. Because you're saying somebody's... When they're not actually deaf. Well, they're tone deaf. I think sometimes people with that stuff, I don't know how you guys feel about it. I think sometimes people, one person writes an article about we should stop saying tone deaf and the other side of the culture war picks it up and goes, yes, see, they're yeah. coming for everything. And it starts this battle that doesn't really exist mm. that everyone's arguing mm. in. Not to say there aren't some things that like the, the left definitely, because I'm left wing, I think we're all in here, we call ourselves left wing. But there are things that sometimes you look at the left and go, what? What are you doing? That's yeah, not the issue. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Afford the train prices and gas prices are soaring. We we need that sorted. We don't need... There doesn't need to be a rainbow flag on the train. But remember, like we said, here. multiple things can happen at the same time. Ab multiple issues can be fought at the same time. Absolutely. And I think there, sh there should be rainbow flags on trains and things like that. But I think companies use things like that as cop-outs for the soaring costs and goes... Yeah, we we know we're charging 150 quid to go to Manchester, and that doesn't even guarantee you a seat. But we put a rainbow flag on the train. Yeah. So what more do you want? There was a funny thing that uh, International Women's, when any time a company posted an International Women's Day post, there was somebody created this bot that would yeah. find out their median pay gap between men and women and just retweet it with that. Really? And it was somewhere like 40% as well. It was like, oh, yikes. <laughs> you Jeez. fucked it. Are we okay to run over by about five That's minutes fine, here? Yeah. It's not getting your way. No, so no, it's just, fine. Just maybe signaled that better than... I'm just wanking in here. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't let us interrupt you. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I was going to say to, to do with the uh, the, the Eastern mm. issue, which is the worst way of, of putting it. Um, but no, no, no one ever really asked them how do they feel about having to look after their parents and their grandparents. Maybe they're not happy I, about I it. I mean, we didn't ask them. We, we didn't ask them. Me and you specifically. Me and you. Because we, we make it sound like, oh, they, they love doing it. But they might, they might hate it the same way people in the West doing it. Yeah, potentially. But it's just like, like you said, the, the cultural pressure of you you did what? You abandoned your family. You know what I mean? It's too much for them to, to want to do that. Yeah, I, I guess. I think. But then that's the issue of like, sorry. But, you know, in terms of... Um, you know, sacrifice and your own level of self-care, how much is it more important than, let's say, the community? Well, I think I think as well, it's seen as in this country and especially in the West that you should go and make enough money to put your parents in a nice home when eventually the time comes to do something, which is a, a peculiar way. But if you do that and then you just feel guilty about it and go to therapy, that is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. I don't. I think this is the thing. You don't have an obligation. It's self-care. Do you have the obligation to raise the because old people are a lot of work 
They are. They're, and they're more annoying than toddlers in a lot of ways because a toddler doesn't know. I'm not saying if people have Alzheimer's or dementia or anything like that. But toddlers, if you see a toddler screaming in a supermarket that they because they want crisps, in a toddler's mind, that makes sense. They can't comprehend. You've got money. There's the crisps. Buy me crisps. I want them. It can't comprehend everything around that. Whereas like old people become very demanding and very, and I think there's a level of uh, so uh, sometimes selfishness where they they don't understand that. No, no, no. I have a a life. I, you've given me consciousness. You've raised me up. I've got these things. I've now gone out into the world, and I'm trying to live my life. I can't spend. I've got to earn money to pay for things and do stuff. It can't just be centered around you all the time, which is again comes back to the idea that the state should look after. I think if you pay taxes and all of these, not even if you do pay taxes, who gives a fuck? You, you should look after people mm. from the cradle to the grave, mm. and we're getting rid of that in this country, which I think is the issue. Whereas at least in the 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 Asian philosophy, the Eastern philosophy, it was a lot more. Will look after, yeah. You know, as Victoria said. At least traditionally, I don't know what they're doing now. They could be. Well, I found an article from 2020 where um, it said historically filial piety played an important role, which is where um, children look after their parents as they get older. Uh, however, families in East and Southeast Asia are much smaller. Divorce rates and rates of non-marriage are increasing, and fewer adult children are living with their parents. These demographic shifts are nowhere more apparent than in China, Hong Kong, Japan, Singapore, South Korea, and Taiwan. So there's a push. That's, those the, are the main Easts. Yeah, they are the East of the East. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> the there's a push from the like adults who are like the professionals saying, well, "I just don't have time or money to look look after these," and to ask for more. Government help, but the government are still pushing the narrative. See, like the they're family, becoming selfish like us. The family should look after. Oh. The, so that's what the government are saying, but people are saying. But but would you say oh. that's people taking in the the philosophy of capitalism in the way of the idea? Because capitalism is an inherently selfish. I'm philosophy. sure there's so many social. Is capitalism reasons. selfish or are people selfish? Because if you look at China, it's technically a communist-led country, <laughs> but there's still a lot of, but like there's still a lot of selfishness that have that have corrupted those ideals. Okay, let's turn it on ourselves. Are you gonna when your your parents get old, you're gonna have them in the house? Fuck no! Uh, you're gonna I mean, get probably, you're gonna get dropped by off the curb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably will have him in the house because I'll still be living at my dad's. <laughs> <laughs> my career won't have gone anywhere. I, yeah, probably. But that's um, not because of capitalism. You just didn't want to. You just don't want him in the house. No, I've, I'm I'm not trying to blame capitalism and become one of those uh, podcasts mm. where everything is capitalism, guys. No, it's. I think I think capitalism on a level, by the way, works. I think, like you said, people, the level of capitalism that we're in now is, if you look at capitalism, it's ideal. You can look at how much money Jeff Bezos has and goes, oh, there's clearly mismanagement of funds going on there because of all the people doing the labor for him. But we've got to the point where money equates power mm. so he doesn't have to pay any, he, he can use the system mm -hmm. to, to bypass that. That's where capitalism has failed. I don't think capitalism on a whole... Say it failed. I think whatever well, system comes along, psychopaths are going to find a way to bypass the system. That's yeah. that's the problem we got. But I I would look after my parents. I think yes, but I would try to be doing it in a ways of raising the funds to be able to do it. I'm not sitting at home and like spooning in tomato soup or any of that shit. Yeah, because you know I'm just, gonna pay just, yeah. someone to mm. do that for me, like a good Western. Yeah, just <laughs> having them in the house in in, in itself is not, not even in the house, maybe in a shed. In the, in the, in the shed, 
in a you know connected to the house or not the, the, the shed isn't in my garden right oh it's in the same neighborhood you you're gonna have them in the yeah maybe like i rent a bit of next door's garden and right I, I throw mark in there and i there you go mark just give him like some some meat every now and then yeah just through through a hatch <laughs> You know, get one of those giant things gerbils have that drip water that he can walk over and... <laughs> you could convince him that you'd set up a podcast video for him, but it never gets released anywhere. And he's just there talking about <laughs> towns around the UK. <laughs> <laughs> give, me, give, me, give me a VR headset. And <laughs> just make him think he's in berwick upon tweed or something. <laughs> Uh, we'll do our we'll do our final moral moral dilemma of the week if that's okay we'll do this one quickly. Oh, we got yeah we got we actually got we, um, we got a request so it's only yeah, fair. We every do every week we like to ask people to send in a moral dilemma either that's going on in their life or something they've been thinking about and uh, we actually we actually have one. Is that cool, Victoria? If we run like yeah yeah it's alright. Few minutes over. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you for doing this, man. That's okay, a lot buddy. of fun. Where 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 can people who listen to this find you? Uh, Vittorio Angeloni best of luck uh, <laughs> V-I double T and it should come up if you want to listen to my podcast it's Vittorio's podcast two future guests in the room by the way definitely we should book in a date soon definitely. oh let's do it um, so this came from Daniel Reed again like Michael said if you've got any more dilemmas or any things like that no matter what they are send them in the, yeah the more, relationshipy well, you know other stuff you know, we'll, we'll try and get our heads around it so this, this is a good one. You find a wallet with loads of cash and an ID with an address inside. Is there any amount of money you would, wouldn't be comfortable taking from the wallet before returning it? Would you return it? Uh, I recently... Is it a Gucci wallet? That, 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 that's interesting. That does it, the, the level of wallet changes your reaction to it. Because if it's one of them velcro ones, I'm like, oh man, there's probably a, a zip card in there. It's a 14-year-old. But say there was, say, all right, say you open the wallet. Mm-hmm. 300 pound cash it's 300 pound cash okay so it's not a life-changing sum of money but it's a it's a week changing sum of money in a way you you can maybe you were going to go for maybe there was a dinner with friends that you were thinking oh my bank account i'm i've been a bit 300 in a week Oof, not in boris's britain no no but i mean in a sense of it it just gives you a boost yeah, yeah, of uh maybe you could get that video game you want going that night out do what you want to do. I recently lost my wallet in a nightclub and the nightclub contacted me through Instagram okay. and returned the wallet with the 60 quid that was in it. So I would feel, I would feel that I think most people are good. I think most people would understand that you've lost something there and they would, they would, I think most people actually have it in then to return it. I think 60 quid is a low enough amount of money. Out of 300? No, I think 60 quid's enough that people wouldn't steal 60 quid. I think if I had 500 quid in the wallet, that would then make it different. I think, uh, but that's that's to do with the finances going up. Anybody with 500 cash is probably looking to buy cocaine or something. So you're like- A lot take, of cocaine then. A lot of cocaine. So you take some of that money, you're actually helping them with their addiction. But you've just assumed something. This is true. You've just used something to to make it more palatable to take. They could they could be a, f a fruit stall at a market. This is they true. They could be a fruit stall at the market. I would look for fruit stains on the money on the on the on the wallet. 
on the money. <laughs> Michael would spend the money getting it forensically out <laughs> to find out I if would, he should take uh, the money. I'm not going to take this dirty Tropicana stand money. <laughs> I would spend £400 on one of them UV lights and I would... Uh, I, I would Check the last lit. 100. And I've, inevitably I'd find semen stains on the wallet for <laughs> oh, some reason. Yeah. yeah. I I uh, I was once at uh, Glastonbury and I was walking along. I'd just been to see Lana Del Rey, mm. and I was walking along with a, a, a friend of mine, Rick, and we were with his wife, and we came across. Well, he came across. We both saw it, an Eve Saint Laurent wallet. Mm. And I'm not kidding you. When he opened up this wallet, it just burst with fifty pound notes. Burst. Eve Saint Laurent, some of the most expensive. Uh, up there with like Prada in terms of expensive no, we wallets. Know, we know. For, we know yeah, I'm just I'm just laying the scene. He handed it in, and I, I, I think he would have anyway. But it was his wife was there; he couldn't be seen. Just the the excitement of what we had found mm. was amazing. And I remember when I was seventeen, I was like, I can't believe he handed that in. And now, as an adult, I'm so glad he did because it it, it would have made that person's day if they ever bothered to go collect it. Mm. I think the enjoyment you get from doing a good thing sometimes would outweigh in the future. At the time, the spending of the money would be fun. But in the future, when you start making a bit of money, maybe you become a bit more financially comfortable. You got through what you were going through at that point that made you need the money. You'd look back and go, ah, I was that person. Well, that is something actually, you know, and depending on the person's actual position financially, you know, they say, you know, you do what you, whatever you can do until you know to do better in terms of you might be in a certain situation and you need something and you're like, fuck it, I'm gonna do this bad thing now, but when I get up and when I get better, I'm gonna try and pay it forward. And, you know, it's almost like um, doing something first and then apologizing after, do you know what I mean? So if somebody, like if it was my wallet and it had 500 pounds in there, as much as it would hurt, if that was a person who was like 500 pound changes their life, hey, take that money, man, take that money, I'll live with it. But that, that comes down to like the thing about the baby drowning, isn't it? You'd pay for the, you don't mind if I if I drop the seven hundred quid, and it saves the child, in another say the person who finds the money goes, I'm going to use this money and donate it to charity. Then I guess that's a good thing that's come out of it. But you can't. You're then using an assumption of losing money because I'll be honest, most people I reckon who are going to find, and this is again an assumption, most people who find the money are going to just spend it there and then, especially if you're on a night out or something, losing a wallet. Mm. You, 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 you just, you've just bought someone a round of drinks. Yeah. And that makes them as happy as maybe... Feeding, well, feeding we, can't baby. Really, we can't really equate that to like rice arriving in like a, in like a <laughs> famine-ridden country that someone someone got around in at Vodka Revs. <laughs> no, but the endorphin rush of opening that rice and downing that shot is arguably the same thing. Yeah. Very arguably. Very arguably. It's on different scales of context, but the endorphin rush is the same. Very sick by Michael, the drop of Maya Angelou quote there. That do your best until you know better, then when you know better, do better. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maya oh, is that my... Uh, yeah. I didn't, my even, didn't even credit her. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Maya. Who, who was it? Maya Angelou is a famous... Um, you don't know who Maya Angelou is? Like, world-renowned, iconic, inspirational, poetic... Writer, author. She did a voiceover for an Apple ad as well. She did do that. Is she a poet? Yeah. 
Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> not watching that shit. The, v- the view shared by Elliot still. Belo- <laughs> Belo- I, feel like, I feel like we've come full circle. <laughs> that was a perfect damn. Um, Vittorio, thank you so much. Uh, I'm sure you'll be doing this again at some point as well, man. It was, lo- it was generally lovely having Phoebe you. Phoebe does apologize. Phoebe was very much looking forward to it. She loves it. It's fine, man. We love, we love having Phoebe on it. We haven't actually officially had a guest, but you know, one day when we do have guests, we'd love to have I'll you be on, on the other side of the camera. Yeah, have you on camera, bro. We're, we're trying to... We're trying to get to 10 episodes of just us, of just us working, yeah, working out what we're doing. Again, this is probably not for the listeners. This is, yeah, do you know what? Fuck it. This is for the listeners to hear. We're getting to 10 episodes and we're going to work. We're working out what this podcast is. And we love all the support we're getting, by the way. This is actually, we're actually doing all right. Yeah. Which is baffling. <laughs> it's lovely, but it's, it's a sign of the times we are yeah, in. <laughs> thank you for having this podcast on while you go about your lives. Yeah, and uh, but thank you so much. And again, we're on Instagram at Elliot Steele. And Michael Odawale Comedy. Uh, have you got any gigs to promote? No. I'm doing gigs, but stop trying to get people to come to them. Okay. Uh, I will no longer be at Glasgow Fest this Sunday, by the way. So, But if you are going, still go, because I was doing a split show with Gareth War and Ryan Cullen. Still go, watch them be amazing. They're... They're fucking great, man, and they're such they're such fun company as well. To be in a room with them at that size, it would just be class. Tell a uh, lie. I'm at Brighton Fringe. All right, just interrupt my my plug. I thought you were done. I thought you were done. <laughs> no, I use you unplug something. You stop no, trying no, to figure no, no, not no. something. Go ahead, go ahead, Mike. It's I, really I'm, important. I'm doing Brighton Fringe. Where? I don't know when it is. Yeah, um, but I'm gonna be there. So look up, look up. Just type in Michael Brighton Fringe. Yeah, no, I might, I have I applied yet? I might have applied. I'm going to be doing Brighton Fringe and um, in a, on a future podcast, I'll be properly plugging it. Uh, I will also be at Matchfest, McCandliff, I think it's called, on May the 1st at 8.30. I don't know what our McCandliff-sized audience is, but I hope it's a lot because I would love a full room there, uh, which would be a lot of fun. Vittorio, what you got going on? Uh, where is the majority of your list <laughs> exist? I'm doing Brighton Fringe on the 31st of May. I know the exact date. See, I was look done. At, <laughs> look at Vittorio stunning on me, knowing the time and venue of where he's supposed to be. You probably even know the title of your show and everything. Yeah, no? translations, oh, bitch. I, I had a, a great friend of ours who be on this podcast one day, Mark Nelson. He went to see you do it at uh, Monkey Barrel the other week yeah, and yeah. said it was fucking wicked, man. And, uh, Will there be poems? Will there be poems? No poems. No, no poems. poems allowed. No um, poems in the show. But yeah, uh, we're uh, on Instagram as well, Vittorio Angeloni. Uh, it's still fate. And if you like the podcast, go to our Insta page where we put the clips and the things like that and leave us a review on iTunes and let us know that you enjoyed it. And sometimes share the clips and stuff like that. It really means a lot when you guys do that. We really appreciate this. The small, fun little fan base we got going on. 100%. But thank you for joining in. There we go. That was great fun. <laughs>